Hey y'all, welcome back to In Vivo. This is Jasmine and I'm so glad you decided to click and listen to this episode. This week has been a week, let me tell y'all. I had some fun this weekend and I did definitely get some work done, so shout out to that. (laughs) But Monday was President's Day, so that was a day off for Howard students and let me tell y'all that day off was needed. For me, self-care days are very important and you should always just have a day to just disconnect, not be so stressed about what's to come and just lay down and sleep. Sleep is necessary for me. I try to get seven hours of sleep. Does it happen? No, but I feel like I signed up for that when I came to college. (laughs) I think most people don't get enough sleep as it is. But yeah, so like, as I mentioned in the welcome episode, we will have segments where we can spark conversation, learn what's going on in the news and in America or whatever, and learn something. So this first segment is going to be you learning something, and it's the word of the week. So the word of the week is special because it ties into what we're going to talk about today. So the word of the week is a pretty simple one. It is vaccine. And a vaccine is a microbial preparation of killed or modified microorganism in order to stimulate the immune system against the microbe, thereby preventing disease. So like I said, this word is pretty simple, but the creation of the vaccine is very complex. And personally, I'm not really interested in microbio and virology, but I do know a couple of people that are, and I know some of my listeners might be, and I do know a couple of microbiologists. So y'all could have that. Hats off to y'all for learning such a complex thing. Like that's crazy about y'all. <laughs> um, this word is seen on the MCAT, but in a more general format. So a lot of people like myself don't really know the mechanics behind what vaccines do, besides that it just prevents a viral infection or disease. So I'm gonna give y'all a very basic definition. That was the basic definition I just gave y'all. So, but now that we have a basic understanding of what a vaccine is, let's talk about the hottest topic in the science news right now, the coronavirus in our segment, What's New? So everyone has been talking about the coronavirus and on social media, I've been seeing so many lies and myths and stereotypes, but we are here to set the record straight and talk about what the coronavirus actually is. So the coronavirus is a family of viruses that dwell in animal reservoirs. There are actually four types of coronavirus that are endemic to humans, but most do come from bats, pigs, and other animals. So the coronavirus is not novel, it's just this form. And the reason why is because, let's take the flu for example. When the flu comes out, there's always a vaccine for it. And every year there's a different vaccine because the flu virus is able to mutate and take on another form. So then you have to make another vaccine for it. So it's the same case with the coronavirus. So one of the biggest um, major outbreaks of this deck, not even this a decade, and since 2000 was the outbreak that happened in 2002. And that coronavirus caused a disease, the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, and this had 8,000 cases worldwide. The second major coronavirus outbreak happened recently, which was the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome back in 2018. This had 2,000 cases worldwide and has had 400 new cases since November of 2019. We haven't really heard much about this one, and I honestly think it's because most of the patients are in the Middle East, and Americans really don't talk about things that don't affect Americans, which is something that we should fix, but hey. Um, So yeah, so now this coronavirus, which technical name is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, has had over 75,000 cases and 4,000 deaths, which is crazy. 
I personally think it spread this fast due to the lack of notification when it first broke out in the Wuhan district of China and how we travel so fast and so quickly. But um, there are researchers that have been working promptly and rapidly to make a vaccine. And I personally heard firsthand that a clinical hematrial with the vaccine should happen by April, which is very quick in vaccine time. So enough science for today. Let's talk about what's going on in pop culture. So this morning, we received tragic, devastating news. Unfortunately, New York rapper Pop Smoke was killed Wednesday morning due to a home invasion turned into a homicide. Prayers up for his family, his friends, and everyone who got to know and love him as he was taken away from the earth way too soon. He was only 20 years old and he was born in 1999, July 20th to be exact. And that really hit me because I was born in 2000. I'm 19, about to turn 20. So it just really reminds me that life is precious. You know, you never know when it's your time to go. You never know when it's your last day. And it's just really, really, really sad. He was taken away from this earth way too soon. And what I took away from this was two things. The first thing is that social media has got to stop with releasing deaf announcements before family or friends know that their loved one is gone. You know, this similar situation happened a couple of weeks ago with the Kobe and Gianna situation. And rest in peace to Kobe and Gianna Bryant and all the people involved in that horrible hog after accident. But what was wrong about that is because we found out his death as soon as his wife found out, as soon as the rest of his children found out. And that's just insensitive. And with this situation, it's the same thing. It's tasteless, insensitive, and it's honestly sick. TMZ and other news outlets should be really ashamed of themselves because no one really cares about someone losing a life or their family and how they would react. They just care about who gets the news out first, who gets the most views, who gets the most clicks. And it's honestly disgusting. And the second thing I learned is that you have to be very careful about who knows your whereabouts. The reason why I say this is because I was going on Instagram and Twitter and I saw that he, along with his friend, were taking pictures outside of Pop Smoke's home. And in the friend's Instagram, on the last picture of his post, you can see the house number in the back. And while that may be a small detail to us, for someone that's really watching you, that's a big detail. From that information, they could find your address. They could find everything about you. And it's scary and cruel world because social media is a great outlet, but also you have to be careful that it's a very scary, cruel world and that you could just share a little too much and you never know who's watching. So just for a word of advice, you know, just make sure what you post is something that you want other people to see, make sure it represents you well. And like I said, just don't share too much information because you never know who is watching. And on that note, we will take a break. Hey y'all, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed that cute intermission. Every intermission, I'm going to play a different song. That song was Peach Fuzz by Tyler Creator. One of my favorite songs. I love that instrumental so much. So yeah, we've talked about what's new. We've talked about the word of the week. So let's move on to our next segment, discussion. So our discussion topic is going to be on unique studying tips you probably have not heard of. So when I came to college, I had to essentially relearn how to study. In high school, I studied, but did I really study? Mm, I don't really know, but (laughs) knowing how to effectively study is something I did not learn until college. So let's talk about four studying tips that you should use and that I use right now and think that helped me out 
a lot. Like they help me out a lot. The first tip for me is to change your mindset. Instead of saying, I have to study, say you want to study. And I know I can hear y'all right now saying, want to study? Who is this girl? Like, who wants to study? And honestly, trust me, I don't think anybody really wants to study. But if you switch up your mindset, you will eventually start believing that. Like, okay, personal story. I tell myself I want to study organic chemistry. It took me a while to really build that mindset. But once I built it, I was able to say, yeah, I really do want to study so I could do well on this exam. Or I really do want to study because I really want to master the content. So like I said, if you switch up your mindset and change it to have, to want, then you will actually start to want to study more and effectively study. The second tip is to experiment with your notes and different types of note taking. I'm going to give y'all a personal story again. (laughs) In middle school and high school, I had a Tumblr account and most of my Tumblr account featured horoscopes and not only horoscopes, but note taking. I used to follow all the aesthetically pleasing note takers, bloggers, and I was like, this is something I want to do. And I would sit there and it would take up all my time. And I saw that it actually was an effective way to write notes and study for me but it also helped me realize that there are different types of ways to take notes so I was able to use some of the concepts and some of the ideas that they had and overall I feel like my note taking has developed into something great today and you could experiment with many different things like bulleting I experimented with bulleting so I have regular bullets versus Roman numeral bullets and all that different fonts different sizes And I think the biggest thing I incorporated into my note-taking was the use of doodles in my notes. So I doodle already when I get um, off track, I'll doodle. But I've learned if I tie my doodles into my actual notes, I'll stay on track a little bit more easier. So just find what works for you, you know, and stick to it. The third thing is to have a fire study playlist. So for me... I have to have soothing music. I have to have like jazz music or just fire alternative R&B or some classical music. Something that really mellow me out, you know, help me concentrate. The best thing I learned for myself is that I can't play music that I really know like word for word because then I'll end up singing a song and then get distracted. And I really can't listen to rap music like that. Like I love me some Megan Thee Stallion, but Megan Thee Stallion is not played when I study. Like I can't be all turned up and rapping and you know be a Martina Snow when I'm studying like it's just not gonna work out for me I will get very distracted so just find things for you that help you concentrate if that is something that helps you concentrate then put it in your study playlist like everyone's study playlist is different just find what works for you and lastly but certainly not least no one to take a break for me after I study for 30 minutes I take a five minute break and you know make sure when you take your breaks this is something I need to stress do not go on social media Do not go on no Twitter, no Instagram. Do not FaceTime your friend. Do not text somebody back. Like, they can wait, okay? (laughs) Just make sure your break is productive because all those things can suck you in and distract you. And before you know it, like, you go on Instagram for an hour. You know what I mean? You FaceTime your friend and and time has passed. Studying is over. You're not going to feel like doing it after. So just try to just be productive, you know, write an email, clean up a little bit, get you a snack, like, something. Do something a little bit more productive than just be on your phone because you'll notice that your phone is actually going to distract you and yeah I hope these tips help and can make y'all the best students y'all can be and for our last segment they snaps I want to highlight a researcher that is a beautiful intelligent black woman Dr. Kizmikia Corbett 
So the reason I chose Dr. Corbett is because I attended one of her seminars about coronavirus and what is being done to mediate it in the vaccine process. And as she was speaking, she had such a great energy and flair about her. So I wanted to learn more about her background. So Dr. Corbett graduated from UMBC as a Meyer Hall Scholar and an NIH undergraduate scholar. After her post-baccalaureate at NIH, she went to UNC Chapel Hill, where she earned her PhD in microbiology and immunology. Her dissertation research, dissecting human antibody responses to dengue virus infection, garnered her several awards, including a doctoral merit award and induction into UNC's Frank Porter Graham Honor Society. Notably, she also received a travel fellowship to complete part of her dissertation project in Sri Lanka. A viral immunologist by training, Dr. Corbett's research interests entail elucidating mechanisms of viral pathogenesis and host immunity as they pertain to vaccine development. Appointed to the NIH Vaccine Research Center in 2014, she now focuses on assessing and improving the the immunogenicity of novel vaccine platforms for coronavirus and influenza. Whole bunch of big words, but y'all get the point. Let's give it up for Dr. Kazmikia Corbett. And that is the end of this podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm glad we were able to talk about everything we did today. And on that note, peace out.